Chapter Two of A Hazard of New Fortunes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. All the way up to the South End, March mentally prolonged his talk with Fulkerson, and at his door in Nankeen Square, he closed the parley with a plump refusal to go to New York on any terms. His daughter Bella was lying in wait for him in the hall, and she threw her arms around his neck with the exuberance of her fourteen years and with something of the histrionic intention of her sex. He pressed on, with her clinging about him, to the library, and, in the glow of his decision against Fulkerson, kissed his wife, where she sat by the study lamp reading the transcript through her first pair of eyeglasses. It was agreed in the family that she looked distinguished in them, or at any rate cultivated. She took them off to give him a glance of question, and their son Tom looked up from his book for a moment. He was in his last year at the high school, and was preparing for Harvard. "'I didn't get away from the office till half-past five, March explained to his wife's glance, and then I walked. I suppose dinner's waiting. I'm sorry, but I won't do it any more.' At table he tried to be gay with Bella, who babbled at him with a voluble pertness which her brother had often advised her parents to check in her, unless they wanted her to be universally despised. "'Papa!' she shouted at last. "'You're not listening!' As soon as possible his wife told the children they might be excused. Then she asked, "'What is it, Basil?' "'What is what?' he retorted, with a specious brightness that did not avail. "'What is on your mind?' "'How do you know there's anything?' "'You're kissing me so when you first came in, for one thing.' "'Don't I always kiss you when I come in?' "'Not now. I suppose it isn't necessary any more. Cela va sans baiser.' "'Yes, I guess it's so. We get along without the symbolism now.' He stopped, but she knew that he had not finished. "'Is it about your business? Have they done anything more?' No, I'm still in the dark. I don't know whether they mean to supplant me, or whether they ever did. But I wasn't thinking about that. Fulkerson has been to see me again. Fulkerson? She brightened at the name, and March smiled, too. Why didn't you bring him to dinner? I wanted to talk with you. Then you do like him? What has that got to do with it, Basil? Nothing, nothing. That is, he was boring away about that scheme of his again. He's got it into definite shape at last. What shape? March outlined it for her, and his wife seized its main features with the intuitive sense of affairs which makes women such good businessmen when they will let it. It sounds perfectly crazy, she said finally, but it mayn't be. The only thing I didn't like about Mr. Fulkerson was his always wanting to chance things. But what have you got to do with it? What have I got to do with it? March toyed with the delay the question gave him. Then he said, with a sort of deprecatory laugh, It seems that Fulkerson has had his eye on me ever since we met that night on the Quebec boat. I opened up pretty freely to him, as you do to a man you never expect to see again, and when I found he was in that newspaper syndicate business, I told him about my early literary ambitions. "'You can't say that I ever discouraged them, Basil,' his wife put in. "'I should have been willing any time to give up everything for them.' "'Well, he says that I first suggested this brilliant idea to him. Perhaps I did, I don't remember. 
when he told me about his supplying literature to newspapers for simultaneous publication he says i asked why not apply the principle of cooperation to a magazine and run it in the interest of the contributors and that set him to thinking and he thought out his plan of a periodical which should pay authors and artists a low price outright for their work and give them a chance of the profits in the way of a percentage after all it isn't so very different from the chances an author takes when he publishes a book and fulkerson thinks that the novelty of the thing would pique public curiosity if it didn't arouse public sympathy and the long and short of it is isabel that he wants me to help edit it to edit it his wife caught her breath and she took a little time to realize the fact while she stared hard at her husband to make sure he was not joking yes he says he owes it all to me that i invented the idea the germ the microbe his wife had now realized the fact at least in a degree that excluded trifling with it that is very honorable of mr fulkerson and if he owes it to you it was the least he could do having recognized her husband's claim to the honor done him she began to kindle with a sense of honor itself and the value of the opportunity it's a very high compliment to you basil a very high compliment and you could give up this wretched insurance business that you've always hated so and that's making you so unhappy now that you think they're going to take it from you give it up and take mr fulkerson's offer it's a perfect interposition coming just at this time why do it mercy she suddenly arrested herself he wouldn't expect you to get along on the possible profits her face expressed the awfulness of the notion march smiled reassuringly and waited to give himself the pleasure of the sensation he meant to give her if i'll make striking phrases for it and edit it too he'll give me four thousand dollars he leaned back in his chair and stuck his hands deep into his pockets and watched his wife's face luminous with the emotions that flashed through her mind doubt joy anxiety basil you don't mean it why take it take it instantly oh what a thing to happen oh what luck but you deserve it if you first suggested it what an escape what a triumph over all those hateful insurance people oh basil i'm afraid he'll change his mind you ought to have accepted on the spot you might have known i would approve and you could so easily have taken it back if i didn't telegraph him now run right out with the dispatch or we can send tom in these imperatives of mrs march's there was always much of the conditional she meant that he should do what she said if it were entirely right and she never meant to be considered as having urged him and suppose his enterprise went wrong her husband suggested it won't go wrong hasn't he made a success of his syndicate he says so yes well then it stands to reason that he'll succeed in this too he wouldn't undertake it if he didn't know it would succeed he must have the capital it will take a great deal to get such a thing going and even if he's got an angel behind him she caught at the word an angel it's what the theatrical people call a financial backer he dropped a hint of something of that kind of course he's got an angel said his wife promptly adopting the word and even if he hadn't still basil i should be willing to have you risk it the risk isn't so great is it we shouldn't be ruined if it failed altogether 
with our stocks we have two thousand a year anyway and we could pinch through on that till you got into some other business afterward especially if we'd saved something out of your salary while it lasted basil i want you to try it i know it will give you a new lease of life to have a congenial occupation march laughed but his wife persisted i'm all for your trying it basil indeed i am if it's an experiment you can give it up it can give me up too oh nonsense i guess there's not much fear of that now i want you to telegraph mr fulkerson so that he'll find the dispatch waiting for him when he gets to new york i'll take the whole responsibility basil and i'll risk all the consequences End of chapter two